We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is 6.04 Mountain Time, October the 3rd, Tuesday evening, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for Building the Broncos, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing? What's good? What's new? How's life treating you? Uh, are you uh, still uh, still attached? I mean, I know you got another hailstorm uh, out there where you're at. It's goodness, man. It's a, it's about time those ended. I know. <laughs> I, I feel for the farmers. They're they're right in the middle of harvest, trying to get everything out of the fields, and boom, here comes this big storm. They said uh, west of town there was like baseball size hail oh, coming through. God. We only got the pea size, so nothing too crazy here, thankfully. Um, my my wife, I, I had to laugh. She, the last hailstorm that came through, it killed her pepper plants and they kind of came back a little bit. So she was all excited. And all of a sudden the hail came again and she's like, no, my pepper plants. So she put on one of the kids' bike helmets and like three coats and ran out there, there in go. the middle of a hailstorm. I, I was not the good husband that was like, oh yeah, I'll go get that for you. I mean, maybe it's the good husband to not offer that out of like common sense or something. Right. I mean, I get, I don't, I'm not a gardener, so I wouldn't know, uh, how, uh, how much work and time and, you know, care for that is, but uh, maybe next year, a good husband would uh, maybe build some sort of apparatus or something uh, because this seems to be a, a trend now uh, in your parts, unfortunately yeah. with the uh, chaotic weather that is amplifying some, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, good to see you. I'm glad I'm not missing today. That was up in the air with uh, you know, potential large backpacking trip, but we're back and uh, let's say hello to some folks in the chat as we get this uh, episode of building the Broncos going with some some news today uh, from the Broncos. First, we got David Youngkin coming in saying, so another Saints player. Is the other Saints player working out? I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Caught a touchdown pass, right? I think you're talking about little Jordan Humphrey here. He made the roster. Um, I think he caught one week one. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, he had the big first down in this last game. Yeah. Like, I I went back and rewatched the game again today, and I don't think people realize just how big that moment was. Hmm. You know, you're down by 14 at that point. And if you don't pick up that first down, you have to pick kick a field goal. You know, it just puts so much more pressure on the rest of, of the things. And if you go for it on fourth down, I mean, obviously anything could have happened there. Broncos yeah. walk away with zero kind of thing. So him picking up that big first down, 
I will give him all the credit in the world for how he split about three defenders and dove for it. So that, that's high football IQ, knowing where the first down is, knowing what you got to do, and he got it done. Yeah, it's uh, he's been a good uh, player for the Broncos. I'll be curious to see what his status is uh, going forward. Uh, maybe his state spot is a little bit safer. It does seem like there's been some Broncos wide receivers names in the news over the last 24, 48 hours in terms of not news in the rumor mill, uh, not new. I want to emphasize not news, uh, but in the rumor mill, you know, connecting in possible trade candidates and those rumors could be amplified uh, by a loss this week versus the jets. But as it stands, the Broncos are one and three coming off a win and Hey, that's a winning streak. Uh, so pretty good. <laughs> Even if it was ugly against maybe the worst team in football, uh, every game in the NFL is hard to come by. So, Good to see the Broncos and uh, David Youngkin. I guess we kind of buried the lead there. Broncos are bringing in, uh, signing Traquan Smith. So long time uh, Saints receiver. Been there for a number of years. Six year in the league. Uh, five with the uh, Saints. So he's going to be signing with the Broncos practice squad. And as you guys know, uh, players can be elevated, I believe, four times from the practice squad. And then they either have to be added to the roster entirely or uh, removed um, from the roster. So Traquan Smith added to the Broncos. So... Uh, any thoughts on that, Carl? You're kind of the the wide receiver guy uh, out of the two of us. I value wide receivers, but I got to say my my heart and my eyes and my brain uh, lie in the trenches. Yeah, I mean, I've still been into the mindset of I rarely would ever take a wide receiver in the first round. I, I'm a little bit more willing just because their contracts are getting crazy recently. Mm -hmm. And so having a guy on a rookie contract is a really big deal. And, and there's some receivers in this upcoming draft. I mean, we're, yeah. we're a little ways from getting into draft conversation, but there are some really, really nice receivers this year. What does the hat say? Building, Building the, Broncos. the Broncos. So, yeah. I mean, I think we can talk any draft anytime, but yeah. uh, no, sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, there, there's a couple guys that I view could be true number ones. Broncos don't really have a true number one right now. They got a, I'd say two number twos. Jerry Judy is a nice number two. Cortland Sutton's a nice number two. You know, they may, they do some nice things. They have different games. I, I wouldn't call them a true game wrecker that teams have to prepare for. You know, teams are not sitting there saying like a Jamar chase, like this guy, this is all that he can do. We have to double team him. Most of the game Broncos don't have that. Uh, so like I said, there's a few guys in this upcoming draft, I think could turn into that kind of player for you. But right now, that, like I said, we're a little ways from that wide receiver conversation. I still think it's very much a possibility just because, I mean, we're talking about Sean Payton, who loves having lots and lots of different options at wide receiver and has never shied away from that. So, um, no, Traquan Smith, I, I like the signing. I really do. I, I think he was a, a decent playmaker for the, the Saints when he got his opportunities. And his best work, obviously, has been with Sean Payton. So it's not like he has to do a lot of learning to get caught up. He's already going to know a lot of the language that they're going to use. So it's it's he could be impact player this week for the Broncos. Yeah. That's kind of one of the nice little tidbits that you get with him compared to bringing in. I saw some people talking about, Oh, what was it? Marvin Mims. I saw somebody put out there. Oh, we could have had Marvin Mims. I'm like, no, it's one. He's, he's not a great receiver. You know, he's a great athlete. Marvin big. Mims? I think, I think you're mixing or not, up. Uh, not, which one is it? Michael Thomas. That's, no, I don't know. Not Marvin okay. Mims. Uh, sorry. Um, you lost me. Played for, like, played for he's Baylor. Playing great. Played for Baylor. Coleman? I, I, I'll i think of it here in just a little bit. Okay. Um, but anyway, like I said, I, I think he's he's a good fit for the Broncos. He's a good number four wide receiver that can come in and make a few plays for you. Um, 
you know, and, and he's nice. Like you said, Broncos could be looking at a trade soon. Mm-hmm. So having a guy that can step in there and make an impact pretty early on, that's a big deal for the Broncos right now. Yeah, just competency. And you know who's making a big early impact or an impact early on for our shot, our show? David Knucklerath, Papa Bear, $5 Super Chat. Thank you so much for helping support uh, MHH and building the Broncos. Uh, really do appreciate you, David, uh, coming to the $5 Super saying good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and of course, Deacon Scott. Hashtag nine and eight. David, I feel like those numbers keep getting lower and lower. <laughs> uh, hashtag nine and eight. Hashtag Buckham three times. Hashtag MHH for life. And hashtag Denver Broncos for life. David, one of these days we'll uh, we'll be covering a winning team and uh, we can you know put a uh, seventeen and zero in there or something. But uh, I'm, I'm liking the optimism here. Nine and eight for after starting zero and three and what we've seen that would be a monumental turnaround from the defense and penalties specifically. Uh, we got Seth coming yep. in saying hope you got uh, hoping us getting some of the defensive backs back can get the defense back on track and fast it certainly will help uh i think that kind of talked about it a bit the broncos losing i think it's an oversimplification but kind of losing the brains of the defense with jewel and simmons made because jewel went out in the first quarter i think in that miami game i mean yeah, that made the, early. the run fits the scheme that they could run just the discipline uh very difficult for them and miami put them in hell and exposed them for that uh but yeah getting into some of the defensive backs as well should help a lot uh, Delarin Turniel has been a roller coaster ride, and it's mostly been downhill. Uh, you climbed up higher to start the roller coaster than uh, where you've gone most of the time. There a few better plays this week, but still not what you want from safety, um, from consistency. So PJ Locke back soon should help. Uh, maybe Riley Moss also uh, coming can add to the fray there, put a little pressure on Damari Mathis, and uh, maybe Jaquan McMillan's your uh, nickel cornerback now that the big news today. Uh, former undrafted Wake Forest defensive back is saying Bassey uh, has been waived. I think it was waived, not released uh, by the Denver Broncos. So, uh, yeah, getting some defensive backs back uh, should certainly, in theory, help the depth of the defense that has been, I mean, let's just say it, putrid through four weeks. Yeah. And Denzel Mims, that's who I was thinking of. Denzel Mims. Yeah. Okay. So he, he's a free agent right now. Okay. And some people I, I'd seen on Twitter, just a couple of people putting his name out there of, oh, he's such a better receiver. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He doesn't know the coaching staff. Yeah, and he's not he's not that great. No. Like I said, he's more of an athlete than a receiver. Yeah, he, he tested well. That's why a lot of people got excited about him. But he just he's not a great player. Um, and, and you're right, getting some of these players back. Like I said, Jewel, he's he's the guy with the green dot on his helmet. You lose that. And nothing against Singleton. I think he can handle that job. But having those two guys out there makes a huge difference. And then Simmons getting the defensive backs lined up. The problem, I mean, you're watching the, the Miami game and the Chicago game. Like, you're making Justin Fields look like he's all pro because receivers are running wide open. Mm-hmm. And and in, in the NFL, when guys are five yards open, like, that is that is incredible. Yeah. and Or terrible, I guess, depending on which way you're looking at it. And so, like, you're talking about it. Turner Yell made a couple nice plays, especially in the fourth quarter. But there was a lot of plays where he was way behind or had no clue where his responsibility was. There's a couple of those touchdowns, especially against Chicago, that I think fall very much at his feet for being out of position. And so getting Simmons back, even Locke coming back, adding depth to that safety group. Like I said, Riley Moss maybe coming in could add a little bit of a dynamic element to that secondary. We'll have to see as a rookie. We don't know what rookies are ever going to bring to the table. No, it's just it's nice. At least you got a little bit of hope that there could be some improvement with this unit. Now, there's still a lot of other things going on. Pass rush is not great. Very inconsistent. The run defense, not great. And I mean, a couple of those guys make an impact on the run game, but it's still the defensive lines getting pushed back five, six yards. Somebody asked me how Jonathan Harris did in this last game. It was bad. I mean, I, I saw him make one play, and it was after he got pushed six yards back, he made the tackle. Yeah. And it, so, like I said, they, they, and there's not going to be a whole lot of help coming in that direction. Baron Browning can help. He's better at setting the edge than a lot of these guys have been so far this year. You're hoping Randy Gregory can pull his head out of you know where and start playing a little bit like he did the first few weeks last year. Mm-hmm. I have my doubts that that's going to be the case, but you know, maybe there is that wake up call for him. Maybe getting Browning back gets him a little bit motivated. I don't know. So it is nice next few weeks, maybe getting a couple of those guys back. It'd be nice to go from historically bad to one of the top 10 or one of the worst 10 defenses in the NFL, because that's how bad the Broncos have been. Uh, And also guy, we haven't talked about coming back, but a huge part of the puzzle piece with the run defense is Quan Williams. I mean, Scott said it, earlier i think in the off season and it stuck with me i mean Quan williams was your single best edge defender against the run on this team last year which you don't want to hear that about your sub 200 pound nickelback 
or uh, maybe I'm misquoting Scott here, but I mean, he's the Broncos edges. No, I'm not. Okay, good. Cool. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's, you'd never want to hear that. Yeah. And uh, having him back whenever that is, if that happens, we're probably talking week six to eight, but that should help the defense a lot as well. And that's, I mean, the fact that they're moving on from Bassey, uh, the same Bassey uh, waved, I believe today uh, before Kawan's even coming back. I mean, that says that a, how unimpressed they've been with Bassey in the probably a lot of the run defense department and uh, hopefully an indicator of hoping Kawan Williams comes back at some point. Cause they, when they lost him, I was like, this could be a huge loss. Yeah. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in first. I'll get back to you, Carl. Sorry. Uh, good evening, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Thank you so much. We appreciate you coming in. Sorry to cut you off. And one more, uh, we have Troy Bauer coming in with a 999 saying, sorry, I meant my comment above to be a super have a great show. And the comment above will come uh, here in a moment. But first, Carl, you were going to talk, I think, about Bassey and Kwan Williams. Well, I was just going to say, according to PFF, do you know how many times Bassey's been targeted this year? 16? 11. Okay. Do you know how many catches he's given up this year? If it's 11, I'm going to shake my head. Yeah, it's 11. <laughs> And and it should be worse, honestly. I mean, if you go and watch the true coaches film, get the whole field, there's a lot of plays where he's just he's behind. Mm-hmm. I, I think of that Miami game. One, a lot of guys were just outmatched in that one. Like you're not going to keep yeah. up with Miami's speed, but especially Bassey. Like that is one of his biggest weaknesses. Is he's just not a great athlete. He's a try hard guy. He's smart. It, he is. Yeah. But if he falls one step behind, he's gone. Like the the, the opponent's gone. And there's yeah. a lot of plays in that Miami ga- game where he was just way out of position. Guys running by him. Run game, again, not being able to hold that edge. Miami was just able to attack the edges like crazy. And mm. Broncos couldn't do anything to stop it. So um, you're right. Getting Quan Williams back would be huge for this defense. Probably <laughs> improve them by at least three or four points a game just by having him on the field. Yeah, I mean... He's sorely missed uh, right now, and you're probably still talking week six, week eight when he could come back. And at that point, the season's probably, you know, you know where you're at. Uh, Troy Bauer uh, says, hey, guys, I hope Sean Payton can work around the Jets defensive line the way he did with the Washington defensive line. I guess he did work around it in theory, uh, but my God, I'm st- I think Russell's probably still having some nightmares about Deron Payne and <laughs> McGlinchey's probably having nightmares about uh, Chase Young. But uh, I digress. Uh, 33 should be enough to beat the Jets. I hope no career day for Zach Wilson, please. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, what was there? Some like Justin Fields never hadn't passed like over 180 yards or there's some weird stat out there. Not, not been great. And then he absolutely just looks like, you know, prime Joe Montana out there. I go Cam Newton making some crazy plays, throwing to guys that are pretty wide open. So it's possible. Uh, we see a career day from Zach Wilson. Um, I think the Broncos, I mean, we can start turning the page for the Jets now, I guess, but I think they really need to commit to stop there. You have to stop something out there mm-hmm. make them beat, beat you through one phase of the game. And I think if that means, you know, loading up and trying to stop the run and making Zach Wilson beat you, which is probably what you should do, then so be it. Uh, but you can't be getting your booty spanked in the pass and the run. What are you going to scheme out uh, and make the Jets beat you a different way? Uh, and hopefully that's the run game this week. And maybe that means a career day for Zach Wilson, given how bad he's been, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully no career day. And thank you so much for the super chat, Troy, always being a gigantic supporter of the shows coming in with those consistent nine ninety nine. And yeah, the fields had never had a 300 yard day before he had 325 against the Broncos and also only ever had one three touchdown game before 
He had a four touchdown game against the Broncos. Now, granted, fumble return for the Broncos for a touchdown and a pick uh, to close it. So, I mean, the defense did make some plays and uh, you got to give them credit too. Uh, even though we're, you know, mostly taking shots, there is some positives there to beat the bears uh, after the chiefs made them look horrible last week. It's a week to week, you know, things happen, but yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure uh, in the end. So bringing it back here to Bassey, what are your thoughts? Like, why is he out? I mean, this is a guy who's been a starter through the first four weeks and obviously it's been a historically bad defense, but is he at all being scapegoated here for the issues in the defense? I mean, the fact that they're releasing him even before or a true, like Quan Williams is back is somewhat surprising uh, to me, even though he's been bad, but so many guys in the defense have been bad. Oh, it's for sure. I mean, really, you, I don't think there's a single defender that you can look at and say that they've been playing average or above average so far this year. You know, maybe, maybe the linebackers a little bit, I could maybe go that direction. Cooper and Benito, maybe average. About what you expected from them, I guess you could say. But it's not been what you needed, obviously. So like even Simmons, he's not been great this year. He seems to be a step behind. You got Patrick Sertan not playing well. Um, I did notice finally, and I was going to ask you this question. Is there something the Broncos did in that fourth quarter on defense that they really changed to help? actually start playing a little bit better. Did you, did you notice anything different scheme wise? I didn't pick up on it. Uh, this, what do you think? I haven't well, picked up too much. So one thing I noticed is they started, especially with Sertan, bringing him up to the line of scrimmage, letting him play a lot more press cover, you know, not be 12 yards back and have these easy completions. Now, Mathis, they still had him back a lot of plays. There's a couple of plays where he even came forward but it seemed like they were okay trusting Sertan to handle that press coverage and shut his guy down. And he, he seemed to just feel a lot more comfortable in that kind of role. Um, I hated there's that one play that they threw it to Moore, I think it was, and it was just where he ran a, a quick slant across the field. And because Sertan started 12 yards back, like he's trying to play catch up across the entire field. And it was just, there's just no chance on that kind of play. Yeah. And I, I just hate that they've been doing that to him. And on top of that, it's not only that they're starting that far back, like right at the snap of the ball, they're like bailing out already. Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite. But you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there was like a third and 11 play and Sertan was again, 12 yards back, then bailed out as soon as the ball snapped and Moore did a, a quick comeback. Boom. Easy first down. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> just stay at the line of scrimmage. Like that's where you're trying to, you know, they're going to try to target that area. You've got the athleticism to keep up with them. If he decides to go down the field, I, I just, like I said, I don't like that they've been doing that. So I, I like that they put him a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage let them get their hands on the receivers, disrupt some of the timing. And I think fields started feeling a little bit more pressure when that happened. I wonder if a lot of the off zone stuff is just not trusting your safeties and linebackers uh, in space and just playing a little bit more conservative on that. Just by nature, uh, you're going to give up a little bit of space and chances for deep shots when that happens. Uh, but what they're doing right now isn't working. So, I mean, we're at the throw blank at the wall phase for the defense so if that works and it makes the cornerbacks a little bit more comfortable even if it means giving up some more big plays here and there i think you got to do it uh, you gotta you gotta switch things up yeah. somewhat i'm not completely installing a whole new defense with different like run fits and stuff uh but some of the coverage stuff i think they need do need to s- switch it up and ask these guys uh what they're comfortable doing as well uh, you got christian parker here who's considered you know a up-and-coming you know superstar defensive coordinator uh candidate uh but the defensive backs have been really poor so far. It's more about the players on the field. I digress. Uh, but uh, the hopefully, you know, we can implement some different stuff here going forward because the schedule gets a lot harder uh, from here going forward. Maybe not this week, uh, but after that, good luck. My guest says, what's, what's up, Carl, Nick, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Hope they can beat the Jets. I think they can, but it will be another close game. Yeah, we'll save those. Uh, we'll save those conversations for when we get closer that game uh, more Wednesday, Thursday, unless Carl wants to start digging into the jets too, but I'm still processing <laughs> that victory over the Bears. Yeah. What a comeback. <laughs> Zach power says afternoon fellows also has a philosophy question saying how much consistency do you require before an Aust evaluation from front office coaches, players comparing teams across the league trends are hard to find. I mean, it depends position by position, whatnot. I mean, ownership, you probably want to look at like a decade before that and see where they're uh, investing front office. You probably want to look two to four years coaches probably two to three years players you probably want eight games i mean but it really depends on what you're what you're going for here for that but uh yeah i mean players because you actually can evaluate the tape of what's happening you can see a lot of times the assignments it's a lot easier to evaluate that with a smaller sample size than things like front office coaches ownership yeah And, and i'd say like i said position matters where you are in your career like are you a rookie I mean, we talked about it before. Uh, there are certain positions that just take two, three years before you really see what kind of player they are. Defensive line is a great example. You don't usually see a lot of great rookie defensive linemen come into the league that just day one dominate. Mm-hmm. You know, usually, like I said, a couple years down the road when they've got that NFL strength, understand how teams are trying to play at them, handle those double teams, you know, all those kind of things. Then you can start really getting after them. Mm-hmm. Running back, I mean, I think you can know few games in it doesn't take too long to figure out with running back if they can handle the nfl or not yeah and uh you know we haven't even talked about mclaughlin and his great game we'll get into that yeah for sure but um 
but yeah, so like I said, it just it varies so much on like I said, position, job title, all those kind of things. And real quick, uh, Zach asks about draft position, how the Raiders have a higher pick. There's only four games into the season, and I believe most metrics are using strength of schedule for the entirety of teams schedule. So they already have like a formula with the team schedules plotted in there. So even though the Broncos have played, you know, the own four bears, they're looking at, you know, chiefs, bills, et cetera, coming down the line as well. So it's strength of schedule at the end of the day. Now, if the strength of schedule is tied, then it goes down to like divisional tiebreakers and conference tiebreakers. I believe after that, not head to head, uh, that's like even after that. So, uh, I don't know if you recall a few years ago, I think it was the Raiders and the 49ers. There was a, everything was a single tie all the way down. So it ended up being a coin flip to decide mm-hmm. who you think I, I think picked nine and 10. Uh, but um, there's, there's stuff out there, but easiest one to remember is it's the strength of schedule and the teams with the lowest strength of schedule pick higher when you have right. multiple teams tied to the same record. So Raiders have a worse one right now. We'll see how it plays out. There's a lot of games to go. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Seth coming in and saying, Hey, Hey to you, Seth. We always appreciate you coming in. Yeah. What's good. Uh, nothing too much. We got Kenneth Johnson saying, Hey guys, how's it going? We're hanging. We're doing well. Yeah. Uh, Pearl heater saying, hi, hi to you, Pearl. We always ab- agree with you. Kevin saying Denver saints in the building. Hell yeah. Let's, let's, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's my guy, uh, Cam Jordan up to these days. Uh, <laughs> did he retire? I don't even remember. Ernie Mays coming in. Hello, Nick and Carl go Broncos country. Go Ernie. Go Broncos country only. Don't you mean Ernie? Appreciate you. Todd saying, uh, Jalo. Hope you're doing well, Todd. Appreciate you. Aloha to our guy Greg's in the house. Daniel Barry Sports is in here. Always appreciate you. We got Jack uh, Whipfler in here saying Broncos country from Illinois. Rocking my Midwest. I went to Augustana College back in the day out there on the Illinois side of the Quad Cities. So uh, appreciate you coming in. Benjamin Flores is actually showing up today. There's the picture, Ben. Ooh. I don't know what the heck is going on. That says gruesome twosome. Uh, right on time. My prediction 2017 this weekend for the Broncos. Good guys. Let's go. Thanks for all you guys do. Thanks for what you do. Uh, we appreciate you coming in. And I see we got a super chat here with a new dog face in here. I don't know if I recognize Canon HB. That actually does sound familiar, but the cute dog also looks familiar, but I think I'd recognize that. So uh, my dog is my greatest friend, Nick, but I'll never tell my wife that. Go Broncos. <laughs> I got uh, no comment on that one because people are uh, with ears above me. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a very cute dog pick. And uh, I am... Very excited. I love, uh, you know, going on my backpack and hiking trips and whatnot, but uh, always miss the dog when I'm gone. So appreciate uh, appreciate the, the shout out there. Love the dog. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's Carl, you're a dog guy. As yeah. Well, so, uh, we're, I, we're pet guys. I, I had um, the other day, I came home from one of my late runs and the dog was sleeping in my spot and I gave my spot up to the dog and slept in the recliner because I wanted God him to be you. comfortable. So I, I get it. There, there's dog. a lot of love there. My dog turns into a wet lump uh, when it becomes bedtime. So last night I had to like lift up his 80 pound carcass and like try to <laughs> scoot under him into my side of the bed. I wasn't going to go sleep downstairs after sleeping out in below freezing temperatures for two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sorry, buddy. Love you, but I'm not <laughs> sleeping on any recliner. Donnie Claus coming in and said, I hope we can get a winning streak going. Good luck to the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Heck yes. Uh, should be a good one. And back to Bassie here uh, while we let some of these super chats uh, roll in and some more comments here that are, uh, you know, picked by us, but saying Bassie's out. What happens now? Who is playing on Sunday now that a starting position just opened up uh, for the Broncos? Essentially, I mean, miss me with the base look. It's a nickel league, right? Three to three cornerbacks. Who's the starting slot? I think it's McMillan. You know, he, he started this last game 
And while I wouldn't say he had a great game, I thought he did okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gave up. I think he, what was it? He allowed four catches on five attempts this past game, but he only gave up like 35 yards in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't as bad of a liability in the run game. I saw him make a couple plays, help it out. It took me a second. I don't know if anybody else ran into this, but I didn't realize he'd switch numbers to number 29. All of a sudden, I'm like, who the heck is 29 out there? And uh, it took me about about five minutes to kind of figure out all of a sudden that it was McMillan. But uh, I think he'll get the start. You know, Riley Moss, I think he's going to get some run, maybe there at that dime position a little bit. I know Moreau's been that guy, but I'm kind of guessing, like, I mean, we can talk about some of these players that could be coming back this week of Locke, Williams, uh, trying to think who all else could come back this week. Um, Pachuski, I think, is another one. Not Dulcich. No, Browning. Browning's the other one that could come back. I I don't think all of them will be back this week. I think there's going to be a couple of them another two, three weeks. But uh, I think, like I said, Moreau could be one of those guys that's gone when one of those guys comes back. Just He's a veteran. I don't think he's been playing that great. He's had a lot of penalties and bad situations with defensive holding, and it's been been frustrating to watch that. So I could see Riley Moss even taking some of his snaps off the field where he gets into those dying packages. Um, Skinner could be coming back as for that safety position. I saw somebody else put that in the comments. So yeah, I think there's they're going to be mixing it up a lot more than they have in the past, and 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 maybe they give Riley Moss a few more snaps at that slot position and just say, hey, let's see how you do. I know he's more of a boundary guy is what he played there with Iowa. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you tried Damari Mathis there in the slot because he played some slot in, in college. Mm-hmm. I think he could do okay at that position and be fine. Um, and so maybe you try mixing it up a little bit that way just to see see what can work with this unit. Again, they are at the throw bleep at the wall uh, situation. Um, we got some comments coming in here. Nope, we're keeping on moving here. But uh, yeah, I'll be very <laughs> curious to see uh, what happens with the position. I mean, it is does seem like it's more of a temporary uh fix until hopefully Quan Williams is back out there but uh they could move uh, with either of those guys and you mentioned number 29 out there did want to give a shout out to uh Bradley Roby uh, I know that uh, you know former 29 for the Broncos he definitely was somebody that uh, was maybe interesting for this Broncos team even before the season started apparently he was holding out for a Super Bowl contender and uh multiple teams had offered him and he waited for the Eagles and uh, will be there and wearing number 33, which he said was a terrible number, but all that was available. So uh shout out to uh, Bradley Roby on the Eagles. I'm glad it's not the AFC. Uh, we got uh, Jay was so nine, eight, nine saying, uh, will Simmons be traded for a second or third round pick? So obviously talking about Justin Simmons safety. Uh, what do you think, Carl? I think let's say the Broncos lose their next few games and then we're right to the trade deadline. You know, you've got, like I said, Jets, Chiefs, Packers. You lose those three games because I think it's week eight is when the trade trade deadline hits. I could see the Broncos going into that fire sale mm-hmm. and Simmons being a part of that. I, I think Simmons still has a lot of great football ahead of him. And I think he's one of your your players that you could get some decent value, like a, maybe a second round pick for him. And with the Broncos not having a second round pick, you know, maybe you're trying to get into that and you're just deciding we're going in, we're actually finally committing to the full rebuild. Now I hate to see it because then you got to figure out how, how do you replace Simmons? You know, you're you're talking about a a true actual all pro kind of talent player. And I know a lot of people have talked about trading Sertan and we talked about last week a little bit of what would it take to trade him 
you know, you got to remember, you got to replace that. I know he hasn't been playing as good this year. I put that more on scheme than I do on him. But again, all pro kind of talent. You're not finding that with with a draft pick very often. You know, you, you just finally found it. It's hard to want to go ahead and trade that away, especially on a rookie contract. And so Simmons, he's another one. Unless I'm getting like that second round offer, I'm not. And it's, it's I'd want it to be at least a mid round, mid second round pick. That's the problem is you're probably trading them to a team that has playoff aspirations. So it's going to be a late second round pick. I don't find that worth it for me. I'd probably need like a 2025 fourth to offset it as well in that kind of situation. If Broncos are sitting there with only one win at the trade deadline and you can get a second plus a early day three pick, uh, even if it is 2025, I think you have to entertain it. I mean, the this goes beyond on the field stuff for the Broncos if that does happen. Uh, but maybe it's similar to, you know, Von Miller, where you send him to a good situation, a place that he wants to go. And it's, you know, to the benefit of the player, uh, obviously really to the benefit of Von Miller going out there and getting a ring. Uh, but I certainly think if the Broncos only have one win, you have to take phone calls on everybody. I did see that Bill Barnwell had an article today uh, about uh, saying the Bills should make an offer for Patrick Sertan. Uh, to me, it wasn't nearly enough um, for him. I think it's a little bit of a different situation uh, than we saw with the uh, even I think even better than uh, Jalen Ramsey and not much of a headache as Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so the, and the Rams gave up two ones to the Jags to get him. So I'd ask for more than that. Base he offered Cream Elam uh, or Kair Elam, who was a first round pick two years ago for mm-hmm. the Bills, uh, who was a rookie last year, and I didn't think was that great, and he's been inactive so far this year. So. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really that interested. And a uh, first round pick this year and a second round pick uh, in 2024 or 2025. I probably wouldn't do that for a 23 year old all pro cornerback who is, yeah. you know, great on and off the field. Uh, but I mean, you know, on the phone, if you're sitting there with just one win and the team is totally a uh, sinking ship. Phil McLaughlin saying good evening, Nick, Carl and Deacon Scott. Man, I hope Simmons is back. We need some leadership in the back. Buckham and go Broncos. Yeah, I do think that. Simmons will be back this week. However, when you're a team sitting there, you know, one win and your name is in the trade rumors, it, it makes sense for the individual player to be a little bit conservative uh, with their help. You know, make sure that you're feeling 100%. You know, why go out there at, you know, 75% when you could re-aggravate something? But I do think that Simmons will be back this week. I think Jewel will be back uh, this week. Uh, so we'll find out a lot more Wednesday when the injury report comes out. Uh, but yeah, the defense has uh, has missed Simmons without a doubt. How much of an impact when we're talking about some of these guys that could be coming off of IR, how much of like getting Locke and Browning back for this defense, do you think that would make an impact for them? Locke and Browning. So you're talking about guys who are depth players and the Broncos have been super injured with depth players. So it does help a bit, but you're not adding a superstar uh, to the defense. So you're hopefully adding, you know, a defense that is again, historically bad through four games, and putting them into a bottom 10 unit. I don't see this defense miraculously turning around to be anything beyond that. But I mean, even going from, you know, historically bad to bottom 10, you probably win those first two games. Uh, Still lose to the Dolphins, not as bad. (laughs) And you're probably sitting there at about a 500 team uh, with the offensive way they're playing in a bottom 10 defense. But you're not talking about true superstar players. You're talking about guys that every team has a Browning and a lock type. Uh, the issue is they're typically not as injured as the Broncos are already at this point in the season. And I, I mean, I guess I should add in Williams there too. 
Yeah. Because he's your, your actual impact player there of those three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to make a difference on the defense. I mean, defense is so much about depth out there. And I mean, again, they moved on from saying Bassey before even having a true replacement or having a, uh, Kwan Williams back and healthy. So um, it should help a bit. It's just too many new pieces back there. A scheme doesn't look like it's fitting everybody uh, too much communication with guys that are still kind of learning. It looks like a team that's the defense specifically with all these injured young guys out there, a rebuilding team, at least in the, uh, the back seven defensive front. You got a lot of high paid veterans that are not living up to it. Uh, but Zach Allen had his best game of his uh, four game sample size with the Broncos. DJ Jones looked better too, but uh it is the Bears, and it's just one game. So we'll see how it plays. Trust the broader sample size over that, but hopefully it gets better. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. I remember a lot of people were freaking out in the, the preseason, and I know it was just preseason. But, of course, the Broncos lost two games last second mm-hmm. because the defense couldn't make a stop. And part of me kind of had that thought a little bit going into this Bears game, not because of the preseason, but just because of how this defense has been. of just thinking, oh, here we go again. And to see them, especially in the fourth quarter, four straight drives, get the stops that they need, make some plays, you know, it wasn't pretty by any means. I mean, the the Bears were still moving the ball pretty well. Most of those drives, you know, the running game was just running over the Broncos. Unfortunately, Herbert should not have been having that kind of game against the Broncos, but he did. And like I said, just to, to come up and make the one big play. And, and it wasn't all just one player, which was nice. Like I said, Zach Allen had a couple plays where he got into the backfield. He was one of them to help stop that fourth and one play. Uh, Singleton yeah. also, Singleton. You know, the two of them. Yeah, yeah both play. of them made made that play. You think of, of DTY coming down on the third down play, stopping him to get him to that fourth down play. You know, he hadn't had a great game, but he made that play. And then Cooper and Bonito having a little bit of every once in a while, just getting into the backfield, making some nice pass rush moves. Um, even, <laughs> I know we haven't talked well about him, um, but, uh, but looking at the safety position for the Broncos had a couple plays. Sorry. I'm all of a sudden. Still Aaron Turnell. No. The, yeah. Sorry. Um, oh my gosh. I'm having a brain fart here. Cream Jackson. Yeah. Cream Jackson had the interception. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, the last couple games, he's the one that, or the first and second game, he was the one that had the big penalty that got first downs that really led to the team losing. Uh, it wasn't just that one play, but it was a big play. And all of a sudden, now he makes the interception. So, again, like I said, just different players stepping up. Uh, even Sertan had the nice pass breakup. Um, hadn't been doing that a whole lot so far this season, but all of a sudden got into a nice position, really got in there, made a play. So I think that was the nice thing is just seeing it was more than just one player stepping up and and showing up for him. Yeah, I mean – been happy to see that too. I mean, Kareem has uh, been the steady guy back there and uh, making those uh, take the two lone interceptions so far this year, Kareem Jackson. So uh, shout out, to, shout out to him. Uh, appreciate everybody coming in here in the chats as well. I did see this one. Uh, Ashish KCE coming in here saying injuries are killing the team along with poor coaching. Heard that Travis Kelsey has not even missed three games since 2014 or something. When I see Mahomes without Kelsey for half a season, well, Kelsey's time in the league is probably coming to a close here pretty soon. So we'll see what that looks like. And then also a post Andy Reed uh, team as well. So we'll be interesting to see what those different iterations of the chiefs look like 
going forward. We got Robot of Doom coming in on Twitch. Robot of Doom 5, because 1, 2, 3, and 4 were taken. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, evening, gents. Hopefully, Bassey being cut is a good sign that Williams is back. Feels sad he got cut, though. Bron- but Broncos win this game against the Jets 23-12. to This might not be the end of Bassey in Denver. He might be back on the practice squad uh, just yet. But uh, I wonder if this is any sort of you know accountability coming down for how bad the defense has been. It's not just Bassey, of course, that's uh, had some issues. But, uh, yeah, um, we'll see. So Broncos news, Bassey waived. Uh, we have uh, Traquan Smith added to the team. The other news here, I know everybody's been waiting for this one, but uh, Bandy, Michael Bandy, was uh, also uh, moved on from. Had some good plays in preseason. Uh, so shout out to him for those moments and putting that tape out there. Uh, but he's been moved on from. And, uh, oh gosh, I just literally had the name. Uh, Broncos are calling up uh, running back um, – uh, Washington. Yeah. Dwayne Washington coming up. Uh, yep. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had the link there. Um, Dwayne Washington's coming up with uh, unknown status with uh, Javonta Williams and his hip injury. Uh, and Washington should also make an impact on special teams. So there's your moves uh, as well. Any thoughts on, you know, Michael Bandy out, uh, Dwayne Washington in, I mean, saw some preseason stuff from him. Uh, these are kind of the back end moves of the roster you see throughout the year and uh, hopefully find some guys that can contribute one way or another. Well, I mean, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but I mean, it has been nice to see that special teams has been a plus for this team this year. You know, Marvin Mims had Will Lutz week one. Yes. Okay. That's true. He made up for it in this one, making that 53 yarder to to win it. And I I still don't know how he got it over that defender because that guy timed it up perfect with that jump. Although it should have been a penalty because uh, number 93 on the defense grabbed the center and held him down or the long snapper. That's not allowed. Um, but the refs miss it, but he still made the field goal. So I guess whatever happens, it, it still worked out for the Broncos. Uh, but you got Marvin Mims been a huge bright spot for this team, special teams as a receiver had an, another nice return in this one for, uh, on a punt return, set the Broncos up for a nice drive. And so, yeah, it's been nice that way. And like I said, having, uh, Washington there to help out on special teams. I want to keep that unit as strong as we can. You know, I don't want to see that all of a sudden become a negative for this team. So I don't mind them calling him up, especially with Williams being hurt right now. And I got to say, which running back would you start this week? doesn't matter. They're both going to get a lot of snaps. Okay. Uh, so I don't care who's starting. Um, it's going to be a committee. And uh, McLaughlin is going to get a fair share of touches this week to the point that we'll maybe have to have some conversations of the, the breakdown of snaps going forward, because we talked about it. I mean, I wasn't quite ready to, you know, totally feature McLaughlin yet, but injury happens and opportunity comes and my God, did he take it and literally run with it uh, this week versus the bears? I mean, some of the plays he had out there were unbelievably exceptional. I mean, I had to double take that touchdown he had because I thought there was like a mixed uh, frame, a missed frame or something in it Mm -hmm. because of how, how quickly he moved. Uh, I think that poor bears defender is still trying to pick up his ankles from that one. I just unbelievable. So yeah, McLaughlin, uh, I want to see him get more touches. I think they need to be, his reps need to be specifically targeted where he is featured in those where P Ryan, I think is a little bit safer in those non-featured reps because he, you can trust him a little bit more in the pass protection area of the game. But, uh, yeah, McLaughlin keeps playing like that it's a good, we're going to have some good problems um, from snap distribution uh, for the Broncos running back position. Right now I, he did. He had some big time highlight runs in this one average 10 yards a carry and then have the receiving touchdown as well. Like I said, just split like three defenders 
Mm-hmm. They're just all crashing down, and somehow he just kind of like squeezes out of it. It was like I'm trying to think of uh, what kind of movie it is where like everybody just piles on, and somehow the guy that's everybody's trying to pile on sneaks out of there, and everybody else is still fighting in the pile. He did that a couple times, mm-hmm. and then he had the the other great run where running down the field full speed all of a sudden just comes to a complete stop. You see like two or three defenders just go flying by him. And somebody made the comment that it was maybe one of the announcers did that it, it looked like Top Gun where they're like, I'm going to hit the brakes. And they're going to come flying right by. And just to, to have that kind of vision, it's been nice to see that. He did have some nice running lanes, though, to run through. Mm-hmm. I, I love the plays that they set up for him. I, the last couple of weeks, I didn't like some of the plays that they were giving him. I understand you can't always run them to the outside, yeah. but they were just really trying to put a square into a round hole kind of thing. And, uh, and Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, so Javante has a hip flexor injury. Do we let McLaughlin play more and rest Williams? It does sound like Williams might miss a week or two with this injury. Probably. I think it's probably going to be, I don't have any inside information on this, but if he's missing this week against the jets, I would assume he's probably missing the Thursday night game versus the chiefs on the road as well. I mean, you just right. typically you don't see guys turn around on those short weeks. So that'd give him a full, you know, 10 days to recover and work through things after that for that Packers home game. Uh, so he probably, I think he'd probably be out these next two weeks, uh, which is a bummer, but luckily the Broncos do have a fun, shiny new toy in uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, who kind of proves the rule of maybe you don't invest premium picks on running backs because there are, draft diamonds at that spot every single draft i mean undrafted diamonds in that spot every single draft uh but we'll see how it plays out um you know sometimes it's good to have a superstar uh, take them regardless so we will uh see how it plays out but excited to see jaleel mclaughlin get more touches and more featured and man talk about a test this week if he does it against this jets defense and robert salah uh we might need to have i mean i don't want to completely go off the rails here but like if the season is bad and you are probably a two to three year window outside of being better again. Do we have Javonta Williams trade conversations? Because I mean, granted, what are you getting for him right now? Maybe it's an off season one. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But uh, just uh, the question of your competitive window aligning with the, let's be honest, the value of the running back position on a rookie contract. Maybe those don't coincide. Uh, Chase Wellner uh, says BTB with the fist pump. Appreciate you. Pro leader says you guys are all the best. He's talking about the chat, not us. Uh, you guys uh, appreciate you so much. Guy Patrick coming in here. Patrick, I talk you up so much, man. Lion Coffee, uh, Aloha, building the Broncos. Shout out to you, Patrick. And uh, you uh, caffeinated me very well uh, this weekend on my backpacking trip uh, out in the Shalon Sawtooth. I'll tell you, that warm coffee in the morning at uh, 25 degrees and everything's covered in frost might have saved my life. Uh, I was uh, not having the best time in the freezing cold. So uh, good to see that. And uh, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Seth comes in and says, I think Moss would be a good nickel corner. It'll be interesting uh, to see what his role is. I feel like he was drafted for boundary off coverage stuff because that's mainly what he did at Iowa. Uh, but he's a pretty good athlete, tested pretty well, was a track track guy as well before coming uh, to the University of Iowa cornerback. So I am fascinated. I mean, the Broncos obviously valued him because they gave up a third round pick in the 2024 draft and I believe an early fourth this year to go up and get Moss. So like that's, that's too probably solid contributors to go up and get a mid third rounder. Uh, so yeah, he better be good somewhere and they better have been right about that evaluation because typically, I mean, happy to have boss, you know, go Hawks, everything like that. But I don't know if I'd have done that trade given the uh, asset accumulation and giving up, you know, a 
top 125 pick and a top 100 pick. Uh, top 125 last year, top 100 this upcoming year. But we'll see. Hopefully he is a good cornerback somewhere out there. Uh, what do you expect? I mean, you kind of talked about it a bit. I mean, you think that in the, what did, let's say everybody's healthy. No, none of the quarterbacks, cornerbacks are traded. Who are your starting three? Uh, let's say week, week eight. Honestly, with how Mathis has been playing, I would not have a problem with putting Moss out there in his spot. And then Quan Williams, I mean, he, he's a veteran. He deserves having that starting spot. So I would have Sertan, Moss, Williams for my starting three. And then Mathis can come in on some dime packages because he's, he's still a decent player. I think he mm-hmm. still can have something left in the tank. Oh, not Okay, so he's only a second-year player. Um, so he's got plenty left in the tank. But, I mean, I think he can still go and make a couple plays for you. He just – he looks of all the players very, very lost in what he's supposed to be doing. And he's one of those guys. I loved him in college getting up there, playing that press coverage. Like he's a physical guy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get in your face, shove you around and then make a play on the ball. And he's just not getting that kind of opportunity here in Denver. And it seems like the less that they trust him, the more they keep having him back off the line of scrimmage, which puts him in even worse position than he was before. And so I just think right now, go ahead and have Moss out there. If you're going to have a guy play off coverage, I'd rather see Moss try that because like I said, that's what he played in Iowa. He did great coming downhill, making those plays. And Mathis just has not been that guy. It'll be really interesting uh, to follow that position battle. I mean, now that you've had one guy blamed and gone, uh, that being the saying Bassett, you know, waving on from him, uh, feels like the next one in line would probably in the secondary specifically would probably be, be Demari Mathis. I think that Mathis might be not as far on the uh, crap list as a uh, one edge run edge defender that wears number five, uh, <laughs> who's been struggling a bit this season. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to follow. So more takeaways from this Bears game. And uh, thank you so much, Seth, talking about my guy Riley Moss. Uh, definitely could use him at Iowa this year. Now that we've lost our quarterback for the season, uh, but I did want to ask you a bit about your guy Mims. We talked a lot about McLaughlin deserves more touches. Now you have the Broncos bringing in Traquan Smith, little Jordan Humphrey getting snaps. You got Judy, you got Brandon Johnson getting a good touchdown. Good, good job by Russ getting all the way through that read to find that one on the back. Good, good play. Good job by the pass protection to hold it up. Uh, but you got uh, Sutton with a touchdown, Judy getting involved here. Now you got Mims still, I mean, making splash plays, but the sample size, the snap count is extremely low. What are we to make of that? Like, why is he not getting more reps? Is it because he's not, physically ready does he not know the entire playbook can he not run all the stuff is it too many cooks in the kitchen do we need to get more mims involved i mean what what are your thoughts one you need to get mims more more involved um just you, you gotta have a few more opportunities going down the field with him or uh, i was watching a play and i put it on twitter today miami has has been doing this a lot and a lot of other teams are copying it where they have tyree kill in the slot and then they they motion him out and while he's on the move, they snap the ball. So he's getting a free release, and he's pretty much already getting up to speed before the ball's even snapped. And for any kind of defender that's trying to keep up with a quick, fast receiver like that, you're just not going to do it. And so I've seen the 49ers do it. I think the the Rams have been doing it quite a bit. Um, I think the, the even the, the Seahawks have done it a couple times. And I would love to see the Broncos do some of those kind of plays with, with Mims. Where again, you got him on the move. He's already getting up to speed. Boom, snap the ball, get him either going vertical or get him doing a quick slant play across the middle. 
And just he's one of those players, just kind of like McLaughlin, where just get the ball in his hands and go see what he can do. Like yeah. th- there's going to be some kind of dynamic play happen. If you get them five, six touches, there's going to be at least one of those that's a dynamic play. Now, I know he's having at least one a game right now. You know, this last game, you could say that he had two two impact plays, the, the punt return and then the big big pass down the field on that final drive, um, which is which is great. But I'd love to see at least two more opportunities for him to go make a big play. Now, he did get 17 snaps on offense, so it wasn't like they were staying away from him. This I think this might have been the most snaps he's had in a game this season. So I think they're trying to get him in there a little bit more. I just I want to see a few more designed plays towards his direction. Yeah. And, and like I said, th- there could be a, a, a lot of reasons of why they are easing him into this. Could be he doesn't understand the playbook very well. Do you really want to put him in a position where he's having to run like an option route and he guesses wrong and Wilson throws it to a spot thinking he's going to be there and all of a sudden you got a really bad play on offense? I don't know. Uh, I get it. Rookies, you don't want to put him in that kind of position. Um, but again, I think there's a few more plays you could design to help him out where it's just, hey, this is exactly what you're going to do on this play no matter what they're running. And I think we can make make it happen for you. I agree that he does need more snaps and he could definitely be more utilized. And we'll come back uh, to the wide receiver conversation a little bit uh, after this com- uh, stars here from Phil uh, asking, am I correct that Palshetsky uh, Alex Palshetsky offensive tackle undrafted out of Illinois, uh, PJ Locke safety and uh, Quan Williams nickel corner can come off IR this week. I believe that Kawan and Browning could come off. Uh, Browning's technically the pup where Kawan is the IR um, and uh, Locke could come off as well. Uh, Palshetsky. I don't know if they need to activate him. So the issue with Palshetsky coming back is you only have so many, I think it's six. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Chad could probably get me at this, but there is a total transactions of guys that you can activate off the short-term IR and you have a cap. It was one of the reasons last year that Lloyd Cushenberry stayed on the IR because the Broncos didn't have uh, enough moves. They felt they didn't have enough guys they could activate uh, off that IR. So it's uh, eight, eight moves says uh, producer Scott. Thank you so much, Scott. Uh, so Palshetsky, you already have, you know, Dulcich coming back as one. You already have hopefully Quan Williams coming back as one. You almost have PJ, you hopefully have PJ Locke coming back as one. Is your undrafted offensive tackle that probably would be on the practice squad anyway, or like right on there worth using one of your eight IR short-term IR designations on? I, I don't know. I mean, you can keep him there in your back pocket and let's say knock on wood, injury happens. Uh, then you can make that move if you have to. But I think that there's there's no reason uh, to activate Palshetsky uh, as the the math currently stands. Yeah, I'm with you. If you get to, like I said, week nine or something like that, and it's starting to look like if a player has to sit out for four weeks, maybe it's going to be too late in the game. And again, if your record is pretty bad and maybe you're wanting to see what this guy could bring to your roster – because maybe you're moving on from bowls after the season. You're kind of going, okay, if, if he could get out there and, and be a player for us, and that can save us from having to use maybe a, a top 10 pick on a left tackle, you know, maybe you're trying to do something like that. But you're right. Right now, there, there's not a whole lot of hurry to get him onto the field. Your offensive line actually has been one of the healthiest units for you. Knock on wood. Yep. Sorry. Knock, I'm knocking. I'm knocking. Sorry. Man, I should never say those things. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think he's fine staying where he's at, but these other guys, they could actually come in, make a real impact, get significant snaps on the field. So as soon as they get healthy, I don't think Juan Williams is coming back for at least another couple of weeks. You know, when, when he got injured, they said it was going to be six to eight weeks. And I think they're going to be pretty cautious with him just because of his injury history. You'd like him to have him for at least half the season rather than trying to get him back right now. Yeah, I agree with you there. So that's the story on that. And finally, as we get on out of here, again, uh, people calling for Mims snaps, and I'm not against it by any means. I think this in combination with the Traquan Smith uh, bringing in and just all of a sudden rumors picking up, I wouldn't be too surprised if the Broncos are minus one of their two starting wide receivers uh, from the beginning of the year in uh, Cortland Sutton slash Jerry Judy. Uh, do you have any thoughts, preferences, expectations uh, for that potentially coming down the pipeline for Broncos country? Well, let me ask you this. What, what would be the minimum you would take for either of them? I don't think you're going to get as much as you'd hope for either of them for Sutton. I'm probably looking for something in the value of a low five. It could be a multiple of like, you know, a six this year and a six next year that could equal that for Judy. I'm probably looking for a three. If that means, you know, two fours or something like that too, that's possible. Uh, you're moving on. You're creating a bunch of salary cap for 2025. When that happens also a Sutton, you're probably going to have to eat some of that money. Maybe that raises it up, but I think, Judy is probably the more valuable one and the more uh, probably has more interest as well. So I think if it does happen to be somebody, I think it probably would be Judy. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of, I think it's going to be not funny. I'm not laughing at anybody here, but like, you know, that we need more mim snaps. No, 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 not Judy. No. Like why? It's like, <laughs> well, this is, this is the roundabout way that they get there. So we'll be curious to see if anything happens from it. I know there's been a lot of reports saying Carolina is looking for a young wide receiver to add to the room. Uh, Judy would make a lot of sense there. Sutton would not make sense for the uh, Panthers for the way they're set up, but uh, we will, uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I think that the roundabout way that a lot of people are going to get their more MIM snaps is from probably trading a player. I think a lot of people are, would say move on Sutton, not Judy, but both of them were not drafted by uh, this past regime and uh, might come down to, you know, the value that you can get back on e either of those guys. So I think that if the Broncos lose to the Jets, you're going to hear that those rumors start to amplify. We heard them in the offseason. I think they'll probably grow. Yeah. And we got Phil coming in saying McGlinchey is failing, in my opinion. How much is his contract? A lot. Yeah. I mean, almost as much as Phil's stars here. Thank you so much. Phil. We appreciate <laughs> that. We do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you're right. He, he's been a failure compared to his contract. I think there was a stat put out of players giving up pressures on their team in comparison to their contract. And I think he was like the sixth worst of all contracts out there for offensive tackles right now. And I, I'm, I'm trying to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt of one, the Broncos have not been able to play to their strength that they were hoping for coming into the season of the run game. Mm -hmm. And that's where he's at his best Two, He came into the season injured. So I, I wonder a little bit of just trying to recover from that, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. You can never tell exactly where a player is at. Are they really at hundred percent, 90, 80? And then three, I mean, he has had some really tough matchups. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> if we're talking about, you know, who who's had the worst matchups in the NFL so far, I think he'd probably find himself in the top 10. Um, you know, this bears game was his first one that he didn't have ridiculous matchups. And other than the penalties, he did pretty darn good. 
the, the penalties, man, he's got to clean that up. All of them have to clean that up. I don't yeah. think was there any of them that didn't have a, a false start in this last game. I think Ben Powers didn't have a penalty. Okay, yeah, he might be the only one. I know Bowles did. Um, now Bowles again, pleasant surprise again this week. Didn't give up a single pressure. If we're doing stock report, he'd have been there. But we had some transactional news we had to get into. So, uh, yeah, no. Fun things. I mean, God, Bulls is going to make it tough. Maybe somebody would want him. He's playing pretty good football right now after that horrible first preseason game. But uh, working back from injury, he's looking better. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in with the Stars again, closing us out, saying great show tonight. Nick and Carl building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham as well. Appreciate that. Also, I enjoy Patrick coming in here with the uh, all the coffee cups, lioncoffee.com. <laughs> Make sure you guys check it out. I personally love I am not above uh, flavored coffee. Some people are. I mean, enjoy things about uh, the macadamia and vanilla one. Oh my God. It's so good. So uh, shout out to you, Patrick, uh, man, you literally lifeblood uh, for the morning shows. I don't know. It's, it's the go, go juice. I need it. Uh, so appreciate you. And Carl, before we wrap it on up, any final thoughts on uh, this show of building the Broncos today? No, I, I mean, like I said, just getting a couple of people healthy would make a, a big difference. Um, and just getting people on the right page, especially on defense. You know, it's been nice to see the offense finally taking some steps forward, being able to move the football, get some big plays down the field. You know, Russell Wilson, we didn't talk about him. Did we talk about him once in this show? I don't know. He played good. He, he did. Played, I mean, other than the lulls here and there, but uh, I mean, yeah. he's he's living up to expectation right now. Uh, I would say overall, um, there's still areas he could be better, uh, but I mean, it's really hard to find issues with him. Uh, the issues so far, I mean, it's it's hard to look past the defense being, yeah. again, historically bad through four games. Yeah, I, I wanted to put out these stats. I took a picture of it, so I've got my phone here. Sorry. Uh, it says, Russell you? Wilson in the pocket. This has been his stats. On target percentage, he's first in the NFL with 87.5% on his passing. Um Let's see. Completion percentage has actually been he's second at 75.3 and on target percentage when pressured 73.9, which is fifth in the NFL touchdown percentage, 5.2%. He's eighth in the NFL and rating versus cover two and cover four is 113.6, which is sixth in the NFL. So he's actually getting it done from the pocket. You know, he wanted to become a pocket passer and he just, Hackett wasn't the right coach to be, to, to turn him into that kind of quarterback. Um, now he's still sometimes holding on to the ball too long and probably getting some, some pressures that shouldn't have happened because he's doing that. But again, like I said, that touchdown to, um, the Brandon Johnson did a great job getting through his reads, finding the open guy in the red zone, his throw to Cortland Sutton on that touchdown. That might've been his best throw of the year. You know, just, yeah. I mean, he rocketed that into a tight window, perfect timing, hit that back foot. So he's not been perfect by any means, but he is light years ahead of where he was last year. Yeah, he's playing great and did want to give a shout out to Maestrov XV uh, for that one. I saw he accumulated. I think that's probably where he got it from, Carl. Yep. Um, on Twitter for the, that accumulating that's those stats from Sports Info Solution uh, as well. So. Sorry, it's the uh, the scientist in me. You got a reference. Sorry, yeah, um, you're right. no, no, you're it's right. it's it's totally fine. But uh, yeah, guys, we appreciate everybody coming in today. Uh, Broncos winning a game. Uh, some moves happen today, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, you beat the Jets this week. Things open up. I mean, pretty damn hard with the Chiefs uh, two times in three weeks. But 
that's why you play the game, right? Every week is different. And maybe this is a team that can improve and grow as time goes on. So excited to see what happens. I see a lot of comments too, about what happens at offensive tackle in the draft. If they take one, we'll see, uh, we can get into that later. Not enough time, uh, to dig that, uh, to dig into that one, but uh, bring it up next week uh, with the super as well. And we'll definitely get to it, but appreciate everyone coming in here. Make sure you're following Carl on myself on Twitter. Carl's at Carl Dumbler, MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at, uh, btb football pod as well as at mile high huddle if you haven't done so yet join us on facebook facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and of course as the ticker has been showing underneath the show all all show long subscribe to us over on youtube at mile high huddle like this show and share it on your social media platforms shout out to everybody who came in today with the super chats and the superstars uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in a few times. Troy Bauer, of course, as well. We always appreciate you. Uh, David Papa Bear Mecklerath. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few as well here. Um, so uh, don't have the uh, the tab to click it. But appreciate everybody coming in today uh, to do that. You guys are great. Uh, Carl, always good to hang out. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'll see you again next Tuesday. Sound good? Yeah. And also, don't forget, meet and greet. 18 days away. Dick and I will both be there. So you don't want to miss that. You got to catch me first, though. I'm going to be on a trailhead at a certain time and first onto the lakes. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, appreciate everybody. Uh, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion, as I always like to say. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.